the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Found financial food for thought. You got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, co-owners of the estate plan. Carrie, do you ever feel like an old torn dollar bill? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I tell you, you're not the only one. Is, is America feel like an old torn dollar? Has our dollar bill been torn in half mm. with this transitory inflation? Um, so, a lot to talk about economically. A lot to talk about what our clients are concerned about and maybe what through good planning these are their concerns are unwarranted mm-hmm. and i think that's what we try to get across here but i want to start you know carrie we, we, we just recently got again where the social security trustees came out and said that you know the dire warning that mm-hmm. uh social security would be insolvent come 2033 as early right. perhaps the range is 2033 to 2035 mm-hmm. and if nothing else is done you're looking at a 20 to 25 percent cut in benefits right which i don't think they'll let that happen and we've talked on this show many times at social security easier fix raise payroll taxes right. raise the cap as, as opposed to the medicare right which correct they're is a whole other issue <laughs> medicare a the major hospitalization is going to you know become insolvent even before social security in year 2031 Maybe they're going to have to bump up that 1.45 so i want to so get started with mitt ron okay I'm not aware of anyone in this category, but are you aware of, uh, of anyone of the elected officials we have in the federal government, at the Congress, uh, or anywhere else, that have proposed cutting current, uh, or have currently proposed uh, cutting uh, benefits for Social Security of any kind? Uh, so- okay, so he's, he's, this is 
who he's talking to is Shalanda Young. She is the White House OMB director. Okay. A, a high position. All right. What's her background? I, I, I clueless. <laughs> um, she qualified. I'm assuming. I, I don't. I, I don't know. Does any? Right. I don't really know her. Do you right. know her? No. Um, but it was a good question. Well, you that's know, a fair question. Well, it's yeah. I mean, now now I know Mitt Romney has burned a lot of Republican bridges, mm-hmm. and I think he has taken him out of the chances of ever running. For president again oh, yeah, he's on done. Republican ticket, but I I'm still mad he never got his chance because I always thought he was a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He made it obviously he made a couple of mistakes, but he's right. one in the center, Carrie. Right, and I think it, to, for, for you need someone in the center, right, to appeal majority of Americans because these extremes are just yeah I causing don't, more I, problems yeah. more. Div- I mean, I don't know. If the, I don't know if the far right is going to get into the White House again. Unless, well, yeah, well, we saw how they try to get into the Capitol. But anyways, let's go. So here's. I have heard of proposals. No, no, no. You've, you've heard of proposals from a current senator, currently or, or congressman, currently proposing to cut benefits to Social Security. Yes. Have they changed their position? No, no, maybe. No, I'm, yes. I, members who are current. I, members, I said, as anyone current. I mean, in the. In the to, the last several months or the last year, as any anyone, Republican or Democrat, proposed Social Security benefits. So now you're asking if people change their position? Maybe. I, I, but I, there are records. Are you, are you aware of anyone? There is a record. Are you aware of anyone? Excuse me. Are you aware of anyone? Are you aware of anyone proposing cutting our, Social our Security benefits? Our officials Your first question, current members have well-known policies out there to cut Social Security and Medicare. That's simply wrong. That is simply wrong, and it's not honest to, to say that to, to members of Congress. That is simply wrong. There is no one who's recommending cutting Social Security benefits, all right? Number one. Number two. Here we go. Do you recognize that in the next 10 years or so, the trust fund on Social Security is going to run out, and under the law, benefits would be cut dramatically, like 25%. Are you, You're aware of that? I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a problem, right? Of course. Well, why is it then that in the president's budget there's no effort to address that whatsoever? And well, good that guy. is really a disagree. that is a good question. Right. I just thought you were going to comment how she. I was going to. I have to choose my words carefully. How she answered those questions initially, she really wasn't answering the question. No, and, and, and isn't that the truth been going on? And this is the the better question for Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm is why wasn't there anything in President Biden's budget about shoring up? Isn't that a priority? There are some who have policies on websites. She's back to the policies of the Republicans. uh, That's that's irrelevant. Their position is another thing. Uh, who want to cut have policies? I'm sorry, I, that was that was not the question. The question was. So the, this president, I'm sorry, you got to answer the questions. So this president has put forth. I asked the question: Why did the president? Why does the president's budget from not cut. lay out what how you would protect this president social security? Believes the existential threat to social security of those who want to cut it. His budget says no. Uh, there's nobody in this committee that wants to cut it. I know of no Republican or Democrat in the House or the Senate who is proposing cutting social security benefits, and it's dishonest to keep saying it. It's offensive and dishonest and not realistic. We have a problem in Social Security. We need to address it. You agree we have a problem in Social Security. Make it clear. 1,000%. No Republican is proposing cutting Social Security benefits. Now, the question is, why have you not proposed in your budget any action to protect Social Security? Senator, I look forward to seeing plans 
that are very, no, no. Are very <laughs> clear. The question is, why, why have you not proposed it, that those why have you that not they made will not cut Social Security? This president has put it in black and white. We look forward to seeing a plan I, I, uh, that suggests that Social Security is off the table. This president believes the biggest threat to Social Security are those who want to cut it. His budget says no. <laughs> Well, that didn't answer the question, I, I which she must have went to spend spum- offensive in the extreme. <laughs> she went to politician is, school. You can't name anyone who is proposing Social Security benefits. I have said and I, I know my colleagues, no one is proposing cutting Social Security benefits for our Social Security recipients. No one is proposing that on our side. And you keep on saying that's the biggest threat. The biggest threat is in 10 years or so, the Social Security Trust Fund runs out of money and benefits get automatically cut by 25%. We don't want that to happen. I'm upset that the president hasn't included any effort to address that shortfall because I want to protect. I, I could let's into that all day. It right, went on but, for another five minutes. But why? Right. They keep talking about it. There are solutions. Remember that? What was that group that Obama came up with? There were real... The Simpson Bowls. Right. He didn't come up with it. He threw it right, under the he bus. Threw it out. But there were... So, right. But he brought the you know, commission, the group or whatever. There are solutions. We keep talking that it's going to be insolvent. And then, yeah, sides as far as voting or why you shouldn't vote for this person. But they're like, where's well, the action steps? Yeah. And, and it, it was a, a good question is that... So there was things... Now, again, we... I throw. I always throw the president budget, the presidential budget, under the, under the bus, bus too, because it never means anything. But it does give us an indication. That's what Mayor Meyer is getting. There was a lot in President Biden's budget about shoring up Medicare, right, and raising tax. Remember, his budget called for five and a half trillion dollars of tax increases. Um, but the but where's but, your little kaching button? <laughs> yeah, really. But well, one of the things is, uh, you, you know, Shalanda, she she could have mentioned something. I do think there was small tidbit. In the budget, Carrie, remember I talked about the budget and mm-hmm. I talked about. So one of the things that was in there was to close the Social Security Medicare tax loophole. Remember right. for the small business owners, you know, to, and, and that's where as a small business owner of a pass through corporation, the trick was that instead of taking a W-2 salary as owner president of the company, what you would do is you would say, no, I'm taking a real low salary because salary is subject to that Social Security tax, right? And instead, you take a much larger shareholder withdrawal, which isn't subject to the Social Security payroll taxes. Mm -hmm. And it's been a long loophole, and there's been a lot of IRS court cases that if you get too aggressive in that maneuver, you will get some fan mail from the IRS. Mm -hmm. And but there there certainly, uh, you know, and so there have been attempts in the past to close that loophole or to to make it more of a bright line test of how you can't just bypass payroll taxes by playing that pass through game. Mm -hmm. And that was in President Biden's budget. But she failed to mention that to Mitt Romney. But Mitt Romney did have a good point. Um, Now, here's here's our point at the state planning team. Um. Whether or not you want to, uh, um, thank you. You, know, you this this song. Let me get this song out of here. You like that song? I do like this song. You know it's by. Right? It sounds familiar. I'm not going to guess because I the screaming trees. Oh, I would have never got that. No, and they they look just <laughs> like their namesake. All right, um, but all right. So 
what do we do at the estate planning team? I, and I've had this conversation many, many times over the last few years. And we have, I wouldn't say it's a great majority of our clients because, Carrie, I'm in your camp as well. I do not believe the way they're going to shore up Social Security is by cutting benefits of retirees. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think the way they're going to shore it up is, you know, is, is that partly by raising taxes on those who are still working. Uh, you know, yeah, President Biden's budget, but Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, you know, scrap the cap bill, uh, mm-hmm. you know, say that 10 times fast. Right. right. Scrap the cap. Um, scrap the cap bill, you know, and, and that also, would help Social Security stay solvent a lot longer. Right. And you also have the, um, the more recent or everyone's waiting for is the Cassidy King plan, right? Senators Cassidy and Senator King. Um, they're working on a plan that would partly it would raise the, 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 the age right now. 67 is for the, you know, is the, is the beginning is, is the full retirement date for a lot of people, right? They want to raise that to 70. Okay, and there's a lot of discussion about that, and also create a sovereign wealth fund, where, in other words, that the government would put in like a like a bunch of money into uh, into a, a a fund that would be earning money. It would be more invested, not just you know, and and, and trying to get like an eight percent rate of return and use that for future payments. And then you know, and that and that's again, that's we've yet to see that exactly how that Cassidy King plan is going to be laid out. Um, but it was like the two senators have proposed creating a sovereign wealth fund that could be funded with $1.5 trillion or more in borrowed money. If the fund fails to generate an 8% annual return, both the maximum taxable income and the payroll tax rate would be increased to ensure Social Security stays on track to be solvent for another 75 years. So we're all waiting with bated breath for the that plan to come out. Um, but, you know, so... But how, if you're concerned, this is my point about what we're talking to our clients about. You know, some of our clients come in with a very cynical approach, Carrie, and they say, oh, Mark, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even planning on getting any Social Security. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a dangerous way to build your plan. But we can do that for you it's, if you want to do it's that. It's conservative, but not realistic. And you may, it may cut out a lot of Hawaii trips in retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you don't know exactly the cumulative amount of benefits, especially especially if a married couple who both have their own benefits, right? Right. Um, if you don't know the cumulative amount of what that would mean over twenty or thirty years, come and see us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, but that's a valid point. What if they? What if Congress doesn't solve this? And what if there is a cut? Um, okay, well, if you are concerned on a conservative, realistic approach, maybe not just to assume you're not going to get any Social Security, but what we can do is tell the robot, hey, let's let's budget in a 25% cut in Social Security benefits starting in 2034. And then how does that translate to your financial decision, your spending, your retirement date? For some people, it will affect them. Other people won't. Right. And, you know, and, and that's more of, of, of an approach of how we try to explain to clients, yeah, we, you, you want to build your financial models on two assumptions, uh, one that's conservative, but also one that's realistic. And if you do that, your plan should be just fine. And that's why I'm saying is, uh, now, would a 20% cut derail everyone's retirement plan? Not necessarily. Maybe not. Right. I mean, there's maybe bigger risks out there that we can talk about today, like like recession. Um, Now, I don't know if, 
you know, I, well, I'm going to use President Biden's famous words, you know, care whether we're going to have a recession or not. I don't know, to be clear. You know, remember, remember <laughs> he said that the one time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, okay. We were confused <laughs> by that. Um, and so, and there's, because there's a lot of headwinds out there. You, you still have the the year two of the Russian war in Ukraine. You've got the Chicoms antics that are going on. You've got the Federal Reserve still trying to navigate a softest landing with with the inflation. We got inflation data. We'll look at that, Carrie, today. Um, you, you still have a lot of risks out there. So mm-hmm. anything, global recession, not right. even a U.S. recession, the, glo- the threat of a global recession, which comes to our shores in one way or the other. So, yeah. So, yes, anything could tip the scales where we go into an economic downturn. Um, that may be a bigger risk than a future cut in Social Security benefits. Get us started. Carrie. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information, financial news, and talk about opportunities, problems, worries, and concerns that people have, and what are things you can do about it to take control of your financial life. We're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an Ohio-registered, affordable, fee-based fiduciary planning firm that's been around more than 35 years, helping people in the greater Cleveland and surrounding areas um, through financial modeling, number crunching, objective, unbiased analysis and recommendations. We don't do investments. Our clients do that on their own, or they already have an investment advisor. Our role is very different in helping people with all the different areas of their financial life and what are they worried about and how can we build a model so that you're in a decision-making mode or that you can make better decisions? Maybe you're someone out there saying, hey, you know what, I'm worried about this, but you know what, I'm just going to adjust. But are you also missing opportunities? There's a lot of talk about future tax increases. And we know if Congress does nothing after 2025 with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, the tax rates are going up regardless. We know that standard deduction gets uh, reverts to back what it was, which is considerably less. So actually now is an opportunity for many people. And if you're not taking advantage of it, even if you're okay, you could be better. Or can you create future tax efficient income? Can you create more net spendable dollars? Are you not sure what you should do? Timing of Social Security, pension elections, a buyout. I'm not spending because I don't know based on a worst case scenario, recession, continued inflation um, uh, and taxes on how that translate to choices that I'm making. And we can do that because if you see a worst case and know you're going to be okay, um, one, that's going to give you peace of mind, hopefully. And if you're not going to be okay, then you at least know what, are, how do I adjust now so that I'm not running out of money in the future and, and leave that worry? And also maybe we can save you money or give you clarity on realistic spending. And spending can mean many things. It doesn't always mean the travel and trips. It could be home maintenance, making your life easier, f- helping your family out of, and sometimes out of needs or whatever that may be. We offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. We can do by phone or in person. And if you want to take advantage of that to see if we can help you and we'll only recommend our services if you can actually benefit. And we have both hourly and retainer options. You can call the estate planning team and leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday or you can visit our website at 440-239-2090. 
That's 440-239-2090. That's our phone number. Right. And our website is. And our website, sorry, I said it twice, I don't have it, is financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And we're open Monday, Carrie. Yeah, we're open Monday. You know, we, we're always open. It's uh, we're not celebrating Emancipation Day. Okay, so it does though allow you not to have to file your tax returns until Tuesday this year, the 18th. Mm-hmm. So there's an extra three days. I know if you were panicking, you're listening to this show is being broadcast on Saturday, the 15th. Normal tax filing season or file an extension. Um, yeah, remind me, Carrie, on Tuesday to print out that extension request. <laughs> Got to get a copy of that silly coupon and send it up. But, oh my um, goodness! So. Yeah, so there is still time, extra three days to work on your tax return, extra three days to still fund a tax-deductible IRA if you can, or a Roth IRA contribution if you mm-hmm. can, or a health savings account contribution if you can. And and those are all things that can, you know, if you've got the excess cash flow and you're looking, some of those reduces your taxes, other ones give you a tax-free uh, money growing for the future. All good things to help you if there is tough economic times ahead. Um, All right. So speaking of the IRS, right, Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, too. Well, what and and we're going to get off taxes right, Gary, once tax, you know, tax filing date is gone. But what about? the those weaponized irs agents have any been knocking on your doors yet carrie no i don't i don't think they have enough mark okay uh, <laughs> oh they haven't hired those eighty seven thousand yet no now, remember, I, I i don't even know if they're answering their phones yet well the five thousand we know they said they did hire i don't know i haven't seen any stories or have talked to anyone who's um, you know, who's trying to call the IRS, but they said the five, but, but they, remember the 87,000, that was never in the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Well, they're you know, not we, realistically going to find it. And I think they need that many. I need those 5,000 people are probably opening mail. They talk about all the unopened mail. That's well, yeah, and it. they got to be trained. Right. Um, I mean, you know, obviously. So I don't think there was 5,000 ready participants, you know, new employees that could go and sit and, and, and field taxpayer information calls. Um, you got to have some training for that, you know, some history. Um, but anyways, and the 87,000, it, no, it, it, you heard a lot of talk about the eighty-seven weapon, eighty-seven thousand weaponized IRA agents that were going to be breaking down Grandma's door, right? right. Now. Um, I, I don't know if that's happening, but you know, but what was in the Inflation Reduction Act was eighty billion dollars to sh- to build up the IRS. Okay, and so how are those torn taxpayer dollars doing, Carrie? What is that eighty billion? Okay, so what is that supposed to do? So we got some data on that recently okay the irs and of course the new irs commissioner danny werfel right everybody knows his name household name right carrie um (laughs) so the irs released its strategic operating plan for the next decade which details how it will use that 80 billion dollars that they're getting um you know that was you know uh voted for in the inflation reduction act Okay, so the plan outlines five core areas in which the IRS will dedicate the new funding. Okay, the first one, improve customer service. Okay, uh, second, digitizing the tax return process. 
Third, hiring a new workforce that is better equipped to handle taxpayers' needs. That's what we were just talking about. Uh, okay. Um, and that's, you know, so that that's basically it. Okay, so we'll see. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said in a statement that the plan shows how the IRS will continue this transformation by, by providing world-class service, upgrading decades-old technology, and reducing the tax gap by ensuring high earners play by the same rules as working and middle-class families. And that's kind of what I was just getting to about where I was referring to the right now the 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 small business owners loophole to get around paying in payroll taxes mm-hmm. and how they they've been trying to close down that loophole for years. Um, all right, so I'm going to talk. You know, I'm still if you listen on the show for the last couple of shows, I've been talking about everybody's favorite topic in retirement planning, and that's the long-term care dilemma. And I want to, I'm still going on that, Carrie, but, you know, um, but if you want, you know, you can always go back and listen to the previous shows. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can go from there. Um, Now, I'll talk a little bit about that later today, but I did want to, I did want to talk a little bit about the CPI numbers and the PPI numbers that came out this week, because it does indicate that inflation has peaked, right? And it's also, it may be an inflection point that we're getting to, where if inflation is getting to be consistently, you know, in the 5% range, a lot of people thought that would be the inflection point between when the Federal Reserve would stop raising interest rates and cool it for a while, not necessarily cut, but, you know, kind of go from there. Now, so let's look at PPI. So I'm just going to read what, you know, headline PPI has done. So it came in, um, well, what do you want to do first? Let me do CPI. Did CPI. I say PPI? Okay, we'll do CPI first, the Consumer Price Index. All right. Um, so it came in at headline year over year, 5%, 5.0. That's the, is that the inflection point, right? So if you look back history, so it it peaked in June of 2022. So starting in June, how has the headline annual year over year CPA gone? So in June, it was 9.1, then 8.5, then 8.3, then 8.2, then 7.7, then 7.1. It ended the year December at 6.5. In January, 6.4. February, 6.0. March, 5.0. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, a lot of people say, well, again, why did it come down so much in March? Well, because energy prices came down. They went back up, maybe. But again, this is why, really, you know, the adults in the room don't look at headline. Because energy can go up and down. You know, the, in the so, same week and, and food too. <laughs> the price of eggs are down 10%. Should, should, should we all go in and, and knock down our inflation factor by 10%? Absolutely not. Because the price of eggs is down. But, you know, that's why food and energy is often excluded and you look at core. So, how is core done? Well, core actually peaked headline or not versus headline. Well, core annual, annual year over year peaked in about last September, you know, at 6.6%. Then it was 6.3, then it was 6, then it ended the year December at 5.7, then in January it was 5.6, February was 5.5, March 
ticked back up to 5.6. Okay. So you can see it, you don't see as as a trend downward as much as headline at this point. Mm-hmm. And the Federal Reserve is going to look at core, right, and, and more than headline. So that's why I still think the Federal Reserve is looking to hike at least one more time at the next FOMC in May. Now, how about, you know, PPI? You know, that's the prices down at the factory gate, right? right? And, the, and this was a big eyebrow raiser, right? Because if you look at headline PPI, you know, this is the, this is the um, you know, how much manufacturers get, carry, get for mm-hmm. their products, right? Okay, so uh, for the month of March, it came in at 2.7 year over year. Okay, and that was, you know, and now that also, so that peak, for example, you go back to last June, that was at 11.3%. So from Mm. last June, it's gone from 11.3 to 9.8 to 8.7 to 8.5 to 8 to 7.4. It ended the year at 6.2. January was 6.0. February was 4.6. And March, it was 2.7%. Wow. Okay. Um, and, you know, so that's why we see. Now, we also had indicators, you know, jobless claims were up this week. Mm-hmm. Again, indicating that the second la- week in a row that the labor force is, is cooling off. Um, you know, we had home sales down, auto sales way down. The You know, all this bad news is good news to the Fed. You know, mm-hmm. it's showing that their medicine is working. They've got a lot. But, you know, whether they can finish off this, uh, you know, this softish landing, you know, they're still flip a coin. There's a lot of Cassanders out there saying that we're definitely going into recession. There's a lot of people saying, no, our economy is just fine. Um, and, and we're okay. Um, I, you know, I already talked about the headwinds. So I don't know. What do you do? Well, again, now nobody knows, right? Um, to be clear. Um, mm-hmm. but the idea is, if you are concerned, okay, one of the things we're concerned about in recessions is that people lose their work, lose their jobs. Right. So if, if that's a possibility for you, you know, you can talk about, you know, we can talk about that, you know, or if, but if you're already retired, Carrie, you're not worried about losing your job. Correct. Okay. Um, are you worried about gas prices still? Well, if you don't drive a lot of miles, you might not have to be too worried about gas prices. Um, you know, those types of things. So you have to kind of sometimes also stay away from the broad indexes, the PPI or the CPI, and you, you have to kind of calculate your personal inflation rate of right. increase. And that's certainly we, we can help clients with as well. So I don't know, but another way, if you're saying, yeah, Mark, I'm worried about inflation. Okay, we can model in. Let's use a higher inflation rate. Let make it a little more sticky than than the transitory that was promised to us. Maybe you know this year you're looking at uh, inflations maybe five or six percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe next year four, three to four percent. Then the following year maybe the two to three percent. You know that the Fed's looking for. Um, I know, Carrie. Before the show, you were talking about you saw something how they they're already early predictors are already saying that this year, twenty twenty three's Social Security increase is going to be a lot less than the right. eight point seven 
that we got, right. you, you know, last well, year. Well, and the year before was 5.6. Right. And and that's because they, too, are expecting inflation to be down later in the right. year. And that's always based on that in inflation. So so those are the things. But the, but to back to my modeling, you know, that's what we do for our clients. If they are concerned about that, well, then we model in higher inflation that maybe scales back down to normal in a few years. If they're worried about an economic downturn, well, then we build it in. You know, their investment advisor right. is always going to tell them the same thing. Hold the course. You know, don't worry. You know, everything's fine. Right. Um, but, you know, but and that's fine. But people don't feel that way. Some people so, are right. worried. So let's say let's say you do hold the course. Let's say you don't, you know, try to time it and go to cash. OK, that's fine. But let's model in the economic downturn. That's what your investment advisors never want you to do. They never tell you to do that. Right. And honestly, if you go to cash or some other fixed position, because there's some good money market rates right now, there's yeah, some good CDs. you've got to be active there. The CD rate short term and beyond that, after your cash reserve, there's still great rates, although they're starting to pivot again, the multi-year fixed guarantee, which is kind of very similar to a CD, but they're locking in rates for a fixed number of years that range anywhere from I mean, they go two to 10, but usually two to five years is the average that you're locking in these higher rates because this is the first time in months, even though even though the Fed rate raised rates in February and March that we saw them starting to decline now that they're not offering. Yeah. I'm sure they got a lot of business and like anything else. Yeah. It, and it, it's a turning point. So it's still this window if you haven't looked at those fixed options because a lot of people just left things in cash because look at Money markets, yeah, savings. They there, there was CDs, no benefit for going CD, locking it in longer. And CDs didn't, I mean, right. were worth it. Now they're worth it, we at have least the, yeah. for now. Lock yeah. in those better fixed rates. So even though inflation's higher, your fix is going to earn more than it's earned in a very long time. It's going to save your 60-40 portfolio, quite right. frankly. And and the inverted yield curve ain't going to be there forever, folks. Mm -hmm. It is going to revert back to normal. And, and when it does, all these fixed rates are going to drop again. So you're at the, you know, you're almost at the zenith right now talking about peaking inflation or, you know, the, the inflection point. It's the same thing. That's why right now the banks aren't going to pay you anything more for a, a five-year CD than they might for a two-year CD, mm -hmm. right? That it's, it's inverted right now. But if you want to lock in these high fixed rates to be part of your fixed port of, part of your portfolio without the bond risk that we saw in 2022, you know, then you're looking for a principal protection and a better rate um, to lock it in. Yeah, you build that ladder. You know, you're, you have your cash reserve. Right? That's fine. You got your ladder of CDs. You got your ladder of MIGA annuities, for example. Now you've got this high rate locked in, and that's going to keep your 60-40 portfolio or your 50-50 portfolio historically doing what it's done. Because if your fixed side of your portfolio is earning 4 to 5%, okay, for the next 4 to 5 years, it, your equity side doesn't have to do all that much to get your overall 5% right. that you're built your plan on. Um, but also now the other thing too is, yeah, if you, you know, where I already said, another thing is if you are concerned that social security is not going to be solved that the, and the insolvency is coming and you, and we can model in, let's model in a 20, 25% cut starting whatever year you want, 2033, 2035, you pick it. And then we go, and then with the modeling, we say, okay, does that mean it's going to derail your retirement or are you still going to be okay?
Right. And those are things that we do at the estate planning. We provide that objective unbiased analysis and help people through analysis, recommendations, and then helping make sure that people implement things correctly and coordination of advisors. You can call us for a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit our website. You can sign up for a free consultation. You can sign up for the newsletter and get other helpful information at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over those decades, we've always had to have that lovely conversation with our clients about the long-term care dilemma. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen to me. That's a lot of people. No. Some, some people who say it's not, it's not, not going to be me. My kids will take care of me. Right. Well, we, I'm not going. Well, we've got Carrie, Mark, and we've got sound engineer Eric uh, in the studio. And so of the three of us, you know, two of us are going in. It's not, not me. me. I was going to so, say so, that. That doesn't bode for you guys. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. The yeah. And so they say that you know, 65, you know, 70 percent chance that you had need some type of care. So if you look at the Pew Research, of course, that came out that famous statistic starting, you know, that 10,000 a day, you know, baby boomers are turning 65. Now in about eight, eight or nine years, Carrie, that 10,000 is going to be turning 85. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's typically when you might need this type of care. So just do the math, Carrie. If you've got 10,000 turning 85 and 70% of them are 7,000 are checking, looking for a bed, you know, in a facility times 365, that's 2,555,000 a year that it need help. And that's going to be first 19 straight years. Right. And we talked about the robots aren't working. And there's not a, you know, <laughs> as a solution. And I don't know if the 26,000 long-term care facilities that are built currently in this country can handle it. And I don't think we have the support staff to care for people. Right. So what are the, and, and so, like I said, we've been on this subject for the last couple of shows. You can always go back and listen to the podcast, but you know, what are the possible solutions? And, and, and I'm not even sure if the final solution is out there, Gary, but um, but let's go through them, Carrie. And, and how about going to Switzerland, Carrie? How about that one? Mm. Remember that solution? Yeah. Okay. So we don't know about that. So Switzerland was the first country that really re, uh, relaxed all the assisted suicide rules. Right. So it, it started a suicide uh, uh, vacation, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where a lot of people started booking one-way flights, one-way right. flights to Switzerland. Right. Um, but now, tongue in cheek, that's a lot of times somebody says, you know, you know, Mark, my long term care plan is my Smith and Wesson. Right. You know, you know, um, but, you know, but I, I don't know. How's this country doing? Do you know, Carrie, right now there is 10 states plus a district of Columbia that now have physician assisted suicide. Available. Right. And there's some criteria that you have to meet. It's not, you know, medical aid in dying, Carrie. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't call it suicide anymore. Um, death with dignity. Okay. Right. Um, and, and just a couple of years ago, there was only eight. And it's up to 10. How, what's it going to be in 10 years from now? Yeah. Remember Kevorkian? I mean, that was. <laughs> um, right. So, but can we take that one off the list for you? It depends. As a solution? It depends. No. How you can? feel about it? All right. Well, it's all. Well, 
Let's say we take that one off. Okay. Okay. Then there it's is. It's not really a planning tool. It's <laughs> not um, something we can help with. Then there is the, you know, the idea of self-insure. And that's what I talked about last week. I I think I talked about last week. Just having the model, financial model, saying, Mark, build me a plan that shows me that I can do all the spending that I want to do in the golden years, but then still have enough to pay for my mandatory expenses in the latter years, the very elder years. And by the way, is there enough there if I'm unlucky enough to wind up in a facility to pay for that? A lot of people can carry. A lot of people can't pay for that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we talked about the long-term care insurance solution. Iffy right now. The whole industry mm-hmm. is iffy. Um, did we talk about the hybrid, the life insurance hybrid? Yeah, we did a little bit. Okay, the, the high, you go back and listen to the previous shows. I don't want to repeat everything. But the, the, high, the life insurance is where you're buying a life insurance policy that has a long-term rider to it. Um, the continuing care. I think that's the one we, we kind of dropped we started, off on. Yeah. Uh, the continuing care community. Uh, well, we also talked about the elder care, the, mm-hmm. the attorneys, and the and that could be a valid plan. We certainly have clients use that plan, right? Um, but it's a very difficult plan to understand, mm-hmm. and it may work very well for the eighty-year-old. It might not work well at all for the sixty-five-year-old. Then I don't know. Will it work well for if you're too old and you're ninety-nine? You know, right. but it won't work well if your goal is not to get on Medicaid. No. You know, and, and that's what the biggest thing that I found that clients who have come in or new clients that have been uh, researching that or have met with an elder care attorney, um, sometimes that, you know, I, I, I talk to them and I say, well, you had told me that you didn't want to go on Medicaid. And they say, well, no, I don't ever want to go on Medicaid. Well, that's what a spend down is. Well, that's the exactly what care- the elder care attorney's plan is doing. Do you understand that? And that's the that's how much communication gap there is going on between these these hard cells on these elder care plans mm-hmm. and what the client is just, you know, again, don't get sold on the sizzle. That's true of any financial product or strategy. You know, you have to understand and and maybe you ought to discuss some of these other options. Um, but the continuing care community, that's the one, you know, where you, you go in, you buy, you have a buy-in, right? Right. You pay a f- usually a flat fee, an entrance fee. And what is that fee, Carrie? It, it depends on where you're going, right? right. Could be a hundred thousand, could be 200,000. Um, and, and the idea is that's the buy-in. Then you rent, you usually go in as independent living. Right. So you're renting a two bedroom. Okay. It's, if you want a three bedroom, it's more expensive rent. Uh, all right. Um, and then the idea is if you need, if your health deteriorates, you may have to be moved to the assisted living. You know, your rent goes up because now you're being right. so much cared for. And then if you really de- deteriorate to the point where you need, you know, convalescent care, you know, then they move you out of the assisted living wing into the what you would call their nursing home wing, right? Or it could be a lockdown right. memory unit or something like that. Again, the rent goes up at certainly at that point, the rent goes back up to nursing home costs. You know, that could easily be over a hundred thousand a year. Um, but the idea is if you run out of money, they don't kick you out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what that buying's about. Now we have a lot of questions. You know, sometimes when our clients are looking at that, they say, well, Mark, where am I supposed to get the buy-in money? And that's a good point because if you have a if you have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar buy in and you got to take it out of the IRA 
It's going to cost you more than the hundred and fifty in think? taxes, quite right. a bit more. Do you got that in your in your in your bank could cash that, reserve? Could that for some people throw them over a Medicare threshold, which means their next year's surtax right. or Irma adjustment goes up? But that's not how the continuing care community. What they're thinking is that what you're going to do is that you are living in a residence prior to entering their facility, so you'll just sell your residence. And, you know, get the capital gain exclusion for the sale of a primary residence. And then those proceeds will give you the money for the buy-in without a big tax hit. That's kind of the blueprint. The problem with that is, first of all, you might not own your own house Mm -hmm. or you might not own your house mortgage-free. Correct. Okay. Um, Because if you don't own your house mortgage-free... How much proceeds are left after you pay off the mortgage, right? Um, but certainly the continuing care community, we have clients we've walked through. We've seen a lot of, you know, we, we've seen a lot of clients do that care. But, but in the end, I would still say that what, what makes them okay for writing that buy-in check is not the long-term care protection because just like us, they're never going to need that type of care either. Right. What they're looking for is that lifestyle. And that convenience if something happens. And sometimes they do it for their spouse where we've seen one of them's okay. They're more concerned about their spouse maybe in needing some help or the convenience of, hey, I can cook in my house, but if I wanted to, I can go down to the dining hall. Yeah. And there's no home maintenance anymore. You don't have to worry about what if I need a plumber? What if I need a new appliance? What if my roof leaks? What if whatever? But if you're not into that type of lifestyle, it's tough to write that check. If you're not going to, you know, partake in the uh, happy hours and the bus excursions and the swimming pools. Yeah. And and yeah, I, I absolutely, I get it where people don't want to be, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm back to that list of 10, Carrie. Let me give you the list of 10. You know, (laughs) you got California, Colorado, DC, Hawaii, Montana, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington. Hmm. All these have got us. It kind of sounds kind of mirrors like the, marijuana legalization doesn't i was gonna say is there any correlation there you think yeah legalization of marijuana and oh when is 420 carrie i'm gonna it's coming up right yeah next week i might have to talk about i haven't done a 420 show in a while have i it's next thursday all right um all right so so all right but back to yeah and then carrie let's talk about maybe some funner ways you could do this um you know, we've all read or heard those stories about the person's long-term care plan is to book an ever never-ending cruise. Right. Right. So you go on the never-ending cruise. You got medical care. You got all your meals. Um, you could probably even get a steward to wheelchair you around if you want. Mm-hmm. And get a scooter. Uh, I was on a cruise in Feb- February. Many people had scooters. You yeah, can rent. Absolutely. You can get a permanent scooter and go around. <laughs> to the casino. Yeah. yeah. Forget about that memory problem. You got enta- entertainment. Pro- entertainment. Um, now, the is that a realistic a- solution? I, I think for some people, possibly. I don't know how yeah. expensive it could be. Um, I have, I've, you know, there are some documented cases. I remember one particular I talked about it I've years read, ago. I've read ones on, on the news. Show. Yeah, I remember the one I used to talk about in a show where it was a New York City 
very expensive apartment in New York City that the son was, the mother was was getting into that type yeah. of issue, and her New York apartment was just a disaster. How, how much expensive right, you it was. Get a, that's right. You get a maid for your room. So what they did, remember the son moved her down to a facility down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was so much of a tax savings in paying the New York City rent that it covered both of them that lived down there wow. in, in this facility that had all those anemones, you know, so mm-hmm. I know, but, but let's, so let's, so, but we have had a situation where, as I was saying, if you're, if you said, you know, maybe I can afford it on my own or not, or I'm tossing up buying long-term care insurance, but Mark, geez, that looks real expensive, especially if you have to pay a premium with a right, you know, with a cost of, you know, those premiums go up a lot. You know, right. that's part of the industry problem. They sold them a long time ago saying, we'll never raise your premium. Mm-hmm. Well, whoops. That's not necessarily the case anymore. But you add up those premium dollars with a 5% annual increase or possibly more realistically, 7 to 10% annual right. increase. You could be into the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of mm-hmm. premiums if you never go in. Right. You don't get that back. Correct. All right. Um, or the buy-in, but maybe you're not into the continuing care community. Maybe you're not you're right. not into that lifestyle, but maybe you're more into a vacation home lifestyle. Right. We've had people do this. And so now let's say you're you're going to say, well, what I'm gonna do is I am going to take what I was gonna have to budget for either a 25-year long-term care premium or a buy-in in a continuing care community. And instead of putting the money into that, I am going to buy a really, you know, a, a something that I'm more interested in, something that I could use before they lock me away in one of those things. My family can use. A lake house, a I, vacation home. Down, yeah. You know, out of Florida. the, maybe out of the new, uh, yeah, the winter, Cleveland winters. Winter getaways. And I'm, and, and I'm going to buy in a, in a, in a real estate appreciating, um, you know, uh, which is quite a bit of the South, you yeah, think Southwest, yeah. Southeast. What, yeah, South. what, what do the villages in Florida say that their annual appreciation is? It's it's off the charts, right? Mm-hmm. But that, you know, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my money into that, and I'm going to enjoy it while I'm physically yeah. able. Because I ain't worried about federal estate taxes. You know, I'm not going to have you know just be, and I'm going to keep my residence, right? Okay, so I'm actually going to have two homes. Mm-hmm. Now that does get expensive. Because you have to build two home maintenance, two utilities, right. two, you know. Yeah. And, and, two and furniture furnishings. I'm not saying it's easy, but, but they, but what the ones that have done that, what they, so they have bought now, they've got the two, they've got the Florida vacation property. They have mm-hmm. their home up here. The family uses it. The grandkids come and use it. They're enjoying it. Now, mm-hmm. now let's go 20 years in the future. And they've seen appreciation now on both the real estate. Maybe the Florida is a little bit higher appreciating than their Ohio property. But, you know, whatever the case. So now, let's say, when in their, in their mid-80s, maybe they don't need both properties anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're done making the commute. Right. Maybe their kids want to buy one from them. Maybe their kids want to inherit one. From, but well, let's say... The kids don't want it. They got two properties. Now let's say the first of the couple passes away. Now let's say, because that's what everybody thinks. You know, dad's going to die and mom's going to wind up in a nursing home, right? 
So let's under that scenario. So now the first passes away. Now the survivor needs to be in a facility. Well, at that point, now they own two real estate properties, both which you probably have highly appreciated and both have current expenses. So if they could then at that point sell one, if not both of them, Carrie, mm-hmm. what it, now the, the primary residence one's going to get the capital gain exclusion for the primary residence. The second one can console. There may be a capital gain issue, but if they're using the proceeds now to pay for their long-term care expenses, they're still going to get the tax deduction for medical expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, so theoretically, the capital gains are going to be offset. Could be offset to the point, and 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 there'd be no capital gains on sale of primary residence. Uh, with exclusions, you know, for a single person, that's 250000 For a married couple, it's $500,000. Um, but so that is, you know, and by the way, the expenses that go away when the properties are sold also frees up a lot of cash flow that could be used to pay for the facility. Could that be a planned solution? It's been for a few of our clients. It's definitely not easy to build how do you fund that second home what's the affordability i mean but we've done it we've built that in a in a separate plan model and it's been people have translated to actionable steps and we have clients that have that property and sometimes a reverse mortgage which i don't have time to get in today could also get work into that right where if you can't finance it on your own use a reverse mortgage definitely more appealing for some people right now one more care that i when i said is maybe the solution isn't even out there yet so another one right now, so this is Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, Republican of Pennsylvania, right? So he has introduced a bill. He calls it his Long-Term Care Affordability Act. And this would allow individuals to pay up to 25, if you're thinking about the long-term care insurance, it would allow individuals to pay up to 2500 each for long-term care insurance, where they could take their money out of the 401k, a 403b, or an IRA without any 59 and a half early withdrawal penalty, Okay, and then use that, because last time that may give them the, the, the cash flow to do it. We'll see. I don't know. But anyways, there's lots of potential solutions. Which one's right for you? All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.